version 2.0 this is episode 18 and i am dan and with me is rob hey rob what's going on not much dan how you doing rob we also have uh a heli freak user by the name of south Kellyan joining us hey what's happening dude not a lot how's it going (laughs) (laughs) that sounded kind of robotic but hey uh a lot of you guys may know seth from heli freak he's a user there in heli freaks posted several times uh, he's just going to kind of hang out with us in the show. Uh, he has a pretty inspiring uh, story that he's going to share with us later in the show, but uh, we're going to go ahead and just kind of continue on with the show the way we normally do. So, Rob, I haven't talked to you all week, man. What have you been up to all week? Man, diddly squat. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, it, my, my shift at work changed, so I've been getting used to that. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of changing around which days I have off and which days I'm I'm there and stuff like that, you know, when, yeah, so I mean, I haven't got any flights in, probably for the last week and a half. All my birds are in a in some sort of state of disrepair, you know, and um, so really all I've been able to do is a little bit of wrenching here and there. And uh, the problem with it though is that my area that I call the heli dungeon or the front porch, like my blog, you know, is called the front porch. That's where I do mm-hmm. all my work on my helicopters and stuff. Well, that area. Um, well, when we had a desktop computer, that was also the computer room, and it was also my wife's uh, little exercise room where we had her treadmill and stuff in there. And, well, she's got back on the treadmill kick, so now I'm relegated to, like, about half the porch, and I've got <laughs> stacks and stacks of boxes and all all this other Moxnick stuff on my workbench. So it just – it's become a pain in the butt to try and, you know, work on anything in that room, you know, and – but, uh, you know, the other day I went through all my, my batteries and, and just put them all back on the charger and just ran them on storage charge just to just to top them off again and get another balance on them just to get some activity on the cells, you know, because they've mm-hmm. all just kind of been sitting there for the last few weeks or whatever. But um, And uh, that's about really all I've been doing, you know. I, uh, I guess what I, the way we talked about on the last show, I uh, – scrape those blades on that x5 and i just haven't all i got to do is replace the blades i got the blades here i just haven't bolted and set on it's just been you know it's been extra cold the last week or so so i haven't uh really felt motivated to fix it and take it out you you know fly you lazy bastard i know man you know we talk about those warm weather dicks i guess we're cold weather (laughs) bitches or something well first of all i think you need to tell your wife you're going to come and do the kitchen table something man and second of all I think you just need to get some flying in. Yeah, dude. Well, it's supposed to be nice the next couple of days, so and I got the next couple of days off actually. So you know, tomorrow's my Saturday, and uh, so uh, if the weather you know holds out like I think it's going to, I'm planning on going to the park uh, with all my batteries and fly the X5 all day and let the kids sled down the hill and stuff. So. Well, well, you know, there is a silver lining here. I'm, I'm guessing that 
the treadmill kick is a New Year's resolution. It must be. She didn't outwardly say that, but and maybe mm-hmm. she didn't tell me because she didn't want to jinx it or something. But uh. another week, another week tops, dude. <laughs> yeah, another week tops, and you'll have your room back. There you go. Maybe I'll do something for Valentine's Day. <laughs> forget about it. Yeah. So <laughs> Seth, what have you been doing? What have you been up to, man? What are you? What are you flying? Oh. What's uh, What's going on? Well, I've been getting to hang out here in this warm weather here in Arizona. Oh, you warm warm, well, you're a warm weather yeah. guy, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I keep hearing you guys talk about 45-degree weather days and how you can go out in your short sleeves, but I'm, I'm putting on two layers of clothes to go outside in 42 degrees over here. So, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with you, Rob. I've got a down helicopter, too, so I've been doing a little bit of wrenching here and there and definitely flying a lot of simulator. That's kind of what I do during the days. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what helicopters are you flying, Seth? What do you got? Right now, I've got a T Rex five hundred. It's kind of been a ongoing project. I've got V bar put on it now, and I'm using that Compass Track X head for the five hundred that they made. Cool. Well, I heard the and new just... Align head is essentially that head. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that recently. Yeah. That's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I've. They didn't have it before, so I got the Track X head. I'm really happy with it, though. I've crashed the thing probably half a dozen times, and I haven't bent a feathering shaft or even broken one of the Durlin tubes yet, so it's been nice. really sturdy. Yeah, you can't beat that, man. Not at all. I think that the isn't a line just making those heads for the 700 right now. It could, I think it's yeah, I think it is for just for the 700. But uh, yeah, the one that has the yoke kind of uh, uh, swash to grip link. It's like a swash to grip yoke instead of right. a rotation bracket. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's just the 700. They got that on there. So right. So yeah, I've just been trying to. I'm I'm pretty new to V bar, so I'm getting used to the settings here and there. I've been watching a lot of Mr. Mel's videos on Heli Freak and talking to other users and trying to figure out. What's going on? So are you new to fly barless, or are you coming from some other unit and you're trying to V-bar now? Yeah, no. Um, actually, this 500's my first helicopter, and it was fly barred before. So oh, got is, it. I've been with fly barless for about six months now. Okay. Went through kind of a hectic period where I think half of my crashes were just dumb mechanical mistakes, things that yeah. I didn't do right in the build. You know, I'm still pretty new to the hobby so yeah that happens you gotta learn sometime right yeah exactly yeah. rather get it out of the way now <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so just been doing that and uh the phoenix fun is coming up here in mid-march so i'm trying to get ready for that i'd like to go out there and and fly with the i think it's the north valley's flyers club or something yeah, I think like that's, that yeah yeah they fly inside that stadium right or, or for the Phoenix Funfly, that's going to be inside that stadium. Is that right? I, I think the Phoenix Funfly is in uh, is is at an outdoor field. I think that one is. Dan, what we you're talking about the uh, yeah the E-Fest there in Phoenix. E-Fest, yeah. that's the one that's in that big stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that one, I don't. You know, what? I haven't even seen a website for that yet, so I'm not sure when that is. But so Seth, you live what in the, like Arizona area or what? Yeah, I'm in a uh, suburb of Phoenix. Oh, okay, cool. Called Mesa. Yeah, Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Empire Hobbies right out of the uh, Arizona there. Um, yeah, that's is that is that a Phoenix shop? Uh, I don't know if it's a Phoenix. I I know when I because I am a field rep, an Empire field rep, 
when I get uh, my field rep, when I get packages and stuff like that, they come out of Tempe, I think, and uh, oh, okay. head, head this way. I guess they're in Apache Junction. Yeah, That's closer to me than Phoenix, actually. Yeah. I've been flying the shit out of my MCPX the last few days. I've invented a new game with my cat, Rob. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've tied a, uh, a length of yarn to the skids. Okay. And I take off with the yarn, and there's a little fuzzy ball at the bottom. <laughs> I, I fly around the living room, Funny. and the cat just goes crazy chasing it around the living room. Funny stuff, dude. Last night she was... Uh, she ever got it? She did. She got a hold of the, of the yarn and had it in her mouth and was, like, carrying it away like a dog and just pulling the helicopter with her. I was going to say, yeah, did it take you down? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's just like walk. She was like walking the helicopter. That's so funny. Yeah, it was really funny. And then uh, another time, she was. Uh, this is the youngest cat. She was. Uh, she, she, she. I've never seen her jump this high. But I was flying, you know, kind of taunting her with the string, and she just leaped up in the air and actually caught the MCPX. No shit. <laughs> That's a hummingbird. I want it. <laughs> that's great totally totally ripped it down the line so i don't know if you saw on facebook i posted that it was supposed to be uh very nice this week yeah yeah this weekend goddamn weatherman he's a liar lied to you oh that sucks so yesterday it was it was it was fairly nice but cold it was sunny and 24 degrees well probably could have went flying but wasn't feeling real well yeah um Today was supposed to be dang near 50 degrees and sunny. Woke up, clouds, wind, 20, 30 mile an hour gust. Didn't hit 30 degrees today. Not even close, huh? Not even close to 50 degrees, that son of a bitch. That's yeah, too much work when it gets that cold, I think. Yeah, it's just, it's, it is. It's it's uh, You know, the MCPX, it's a love-hate thing with me, and, and I hate it, but I, I really enjoy flying it when I'm flying it. I did get have to replace a whole bunch of parts on it this past week. I had to... Replace the frame. The, the canopy mounts broke off. Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to get one of those, I think. You've been ribbing me for not having one, so I've been slowly trying to save up some cash. But i got to buy freaking 450 parts. and. Uh... You know, speaking of small helicopters, I, I told you about that Walker helicopter that I got. Yeah. Well, that comes with, uh, I, I'm not sure what, it's a seven-channel Walker radio, Devo, is that what they're calling them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about getting a... Uh, a uh, little genius, because I can bind it right to that radio, can I? You can, yeah. Walk here, yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Been hearing a lot of good things about that little helicopter, and uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Good. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, yeah. no, man. I think Walk is starting to make some good stuff. You know, I mean, everybody knows. Well, not everybody, but that's what I started on was a Walk helicopter, and they pioneered the sub micro class. You know, they were doing the sub-micro gig way before Blade decided to make the MSR or the MCPX or any of those things, you know. Um, so. Yeah, I guess I've, I've uh, bitten into the finless 24-minute uh, uh, Wakira commercial. <laughs> right. It's subliminal. <laughs> it, took, it took you this long, but now now you are. You are... Seth, did you see that video? I did, yeah. The 24-minute Wakira commercial? thought that was pretty cool, though. Yeah, I so mean... Uh, about the Finless Bob one, right, where he's talking about... Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about how, you know, flying the small... It's it's not a, it's okay to fly the small helicopters and yada, yada, yada. Right, it's well... Like his, I mean, it was like a, it's like a rant. Well, to, to me, it just seemed like it was like a long 20, you know, 22, 24-minute commercial for a Walk era. But 
Um, you know, I got yeah. I got for the guys flying the little helicopters because I started out with the Blade CX2 coaxials, so I hate them. I, I just I hate them with a passion. <laughs> I I understand their use, but I just like I had to work on this little MCPX. Now there's only like six screws holding this thing, little little screws holding this thing together. And when I say little, I'm not exaggerating. We're talking a millimeter and a half long. And just damn near impossible. If you if you one if one drops, one leaves your wrench, one or your screwdriver, it's gone. It's gone forever. I don't particularly like working on them. Other than flying the MCPX, really haven't been getting much of anything flown. I did get a new Hattori muffler and a new Hyper 50 for my 600. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You haven't you uh, haven't uh, broke it in yet? No, dude, it's still sitting on my bench. I haven't put it on my helicopter. Oh, uh, that's winter. I don't need. I didn't need a new motor. I just went ahead and got one, and I'm going to rebuild this one for a spare. Oh, sure. Uh, in the spring, but uh, that's really about it, man. So all, all that's been going on here, I think. Uh, I don't know. It's probably time for a little bit of news, huh? Let's news of the dodecahedron. Sorry. Is that is that Latin again? That's <laughs> why. Hey, this is Curtis Youngblood. Hey, this is Matt Bodas. Hi, everyone. This is Bobby Watts. Hey, everyone. This is Gary, a.k.a. Cosmos from Hellyra. This is Bert Camerary. This is Pinion, and you're listening to the greatness that is RC Heli Nation. I got a link sent to me by... I don't even remember who. But somebody sent me a link, and... Uh, oh, Tommy. Tommy uh, from the UK. Oh, yeah. Tommy, yeah. He, uh... Sent me a link about this uh, this this soldering apparatus that looks actually pretty cool. It's got it's got uh, three different clamps on it, and they're all insulated for heat. And they they rotate in all different directions. You know, it's your tip. I mean, you know, you've seen them. It's There's like a little helping hand thing. Yes, yeah, a little yeah. help. It looks a little more. The build looks a little better than that little helping hand thing that I've seen. But um, I don't know, man. I, I I get I seem to get along just fine with. With what I've got, but I guess if you were looking to to spice up your uh, soldering station, this might be the thing for you. If you guys are interested in taking a closer look at it, um, I found it on RC RC uh, Mania. Well, that's where I got the link. We'll go ahead and put the link to that in the show notes so you guys can take a look at that. Just another one of those little gadgety goodies that we uh, we in the hobby love to have. Gotta have little widgets and gadgets, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've been trying to solder a battery. And then, like, one of the battery leads will slip out and they'll arc together, dude. I, One time I welded on a six-cell pack. I was trying to solder it, uh, Dean's onto the damn thing. And I had the one on there, and I went to solder the other one, and I welded the tip of the solder gun, the plus and the minus and the Dean's all together in one little ball <laughs> right there for, like, two seconds. And I'm like, oh, shit, and I'm trying to pull it off there. And, man, you know, so if I had something like this, I, that would have made it a lot easier. And I didn't even have a helping hand, you know, one of those. I got one of those little helper things now, you know. But, uh, dude, I, I I had all kinds of weird precarious contraptions, you know, to try to hold my wires out and stuff like that so I could solder them. And, man, pain in the ass. One time with a zippy pack, I was doing something real similar. I was uh, I was using a voltmeter. I was just checking the voltage of the pack, trying to do it without, you know, all with two hands. So yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to hold the deans, hold hold one of the the testing points or prongs or whatever they call them. <laughs> yeah. But, and then with all with one and, and I ended up, I ended up literally melting the inch and a half of metal 
<laughs> on both of those on both of those things down to the plastic. I melted them completely down to the plastic. I, how I how I didn't get burnt I, is beyond me, but yeah. I was it just happened so fast and it's and it's like you're saying you're like, "Oh shit, oh shit, you're just trying to get everything apart from one another and next thing you know, it's just one convoluted." I know melt. it all gets like fused together and it's like Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's another story. <laughs> I got some news too. Another uh piece of news i guess uh, mm-hmm. uh jr is coming out with a new six channel radio it should be the jr ish kind of version of the entry level like the dx uh six um, i yeah like the dx six i and whatnot it's the uh xg6 it's kind of looks like the jr 11 x you know everybody says it kind of looks like a transformer transformer you know, like <laughs> org or something like that so they're, they're going with that type of case design on it as well but um it looks actually like it'll be pretty nice. It looks like it's got the same size LCD as their XG8, so it's got a bigger LCD screen than you know other types of entry level six channel radios would have. You know, so so yeah, that's available. I, I'm not sure if it's going to be available in the states or not, but uh, what uh, do they have a price point on it yet? No, I I, mean, I didn't see a price point. I just saw that the that it was out. You know, and I, I'm, I'm sure it's probably going to be priced similar to what the DX6i is priced. Well, at. you know, it is a JR, and not everybody's going to be able to own a JR. <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, according to that guy. Right? Yeah. So, Seth, what kind of radio do you use? Uh, JR. Do you uh, like a, a 9303, 9305, or? Uh, yeah, 9503. 90, or 9503, yeah. I got a, yeah. I use a 9303 is what I use. Yeah, that was, I had, my first one was a DX6i. Yeah, I started with a DX7, and then I got the DX7. 9303. Yeah. Don't you feel, I don't know, I like the weight a lot more. Of the 9303? Well, I mean, yeah, because like the 9303, and I, I bought a used one from uh, my, my local shop owner, and it kind of crapped out on me, so I ended up just getting the 9503. I mean, it's... Essentially the same radio. I mean, yeah, identical. That I think the only difference is it's backlit screen and DSMX. few extra models. Yeah, yeah and a few extra models. Going from my DX6i to that, it just it made my DX6i feel like a toy. You know what? I have yet to feel a radio that feels as comfortable in my hand as the 9303. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because I'm used to using it. I mean, every now and then it's nice. Like, I got a, a buddy that has a... 11x he loves it i don't like how it feels in my hand it, it feels plasticky right yes yeah, yeah i haven't seen one in person just i've just seen the face but is it like a different width than all that in your hand yeah i mean, you know it it feels it feels like it's about the same width but it's a lot longer right mm-hmm. so it just it just has this really weird balancey feel to it and um it feels like the switches are a little too close together for me. It's, and that's the same thing I have with Futabas. I don't know if you've ever held a Futaba before. Uh-uh. Futabas, to me, feel like they're compact for smaller hands, which are good. Uh, okay. But see, I got I got big hands, and so the 9303, 9503, those kind of radios, I just love. It's nice and wide. Switches are separated nicely. I've often thought about switching over to Futaba, but I just really like, I like the... The, the 9303, I just don't know if I'd ever switch it. It seems like that would be a dramatic difference. I mean, if the sticks are closer together or something yeah. like that, the controller, if it doesn't, even if the 11X is feeling weird in your hand, it's like, well. Yeah, the the DX7, 
the DX7 I have doesn't feel too awkward in my hand, uh, mainly because I've used it to start with, but I continue to use it for planks. So, uh, you know, I still use it on occasion. And right. I use, I use the 9303 on, on all my helicopters. But Did you guys find a date on the E-Fest when that's going to happen? Hopico E-Fest, February 11th and 12th, Champaign, Illinois. Oh, I thought it was in Phoenix. I guess you're not going to be going to that one. <laughs> this is this is what E-Fest is. Yeah, this is this one. This, but in Phoenix or in the Arizona area, they have some. There's some sort of uh, big get together that happens at, uh, um, I want to say Cardinal Stadium or some sort of yeah. college stadium or something like that indoors. No, um, you're definitely right about that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember a video of. Kyle Stacy flying in there once, and there's just not a lot of news going on this time of year. You know, you get the everybody's getting geared up for the for the uh, upcoming fun fly season. Though it's just a few short months away. That's true. We are excited. Can't wait to get out to some fun flies this year. Following is a public service announcement from Save the Fly Bar. Bars sit in the cold, damp corners of your garage to rust or be sent to the junkyard for melting away for plank parts. Every day, the number of fly barless units increases dramatically, leaving fly bars to squander away into obscurity. Not to mention the fly bar paddles. Carbon, plastic, and all of those KBDD paddles hoping to fly another day. It takes a little for you to become a special friend of the fly bar. For just 75 cents a day, you could save a fly bar somewhere across the nation. As a sponsor, you could exchange photos and letters from all the happy children currently flying their fly bar helis. So come on, pick up the phone. Call 1-800-SAVE-FLY-BAR. Thank you for your time and consideration. Save the fly bar now. talk with Seth a little bit about his story you know we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show he had an inspirational story and we got uh, a PM from a listener and Rob do you have that listeners yeah I've got it here it's a uh, uh, 1800 big K he sent he's, me a PM just saying hey you guys should uh, get a hold of this uh, this cat Seth Killian you know and um, so we did yeah and I talked to Seth a little bit earlier today and we're going to go ahead and let him tell us his story. He, he was um, kind of in a little situation. Seth, why don't you go ahead and tell us the origin of how you got into the hobby and why you decided to get into the hobby. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Oh, you betcha, man. You it's betcha. really good to be with you guys tonight. Um, well, like they were saying, my name is Seth Killian, and I'm 30 years old. I was born and raised here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I got into the hobby kind of by accident really it was in february 2010 that i was out and about and randomly wandered into a hobby shop and saw some 
you know, little electric helicopters here and there. And I'd always kind of had a fascination with wanting to, you know, find out what RC helicopters were about. I'd never seen them before, but I had the money on me and they had a Blade CX-2 coaxial we were talking about earlier. And so I bought that and brought it home. And, you know, those are just a plug and play. So I charged up the battery and took it out in the backyard and had like the biggest rush ever just lifting it off the ground. I was so amazed that I could fly this helicopter, you know, like it was Mm -hmm. crazy. It's funny to think about that now, like after trying to like explore more like collective pitch and stuff, I look back and think, you know, coaxial, but it was so much fun. And I, and I fooled around with that for probably three months and you know, after I started flying that, I started kind of looking around on YouTube. I wanted to see other people that had bought RC helicopters. And I stumbled across a video of Jamie Robertson flying a Blade 400. And it looked like it was taken on cell phone footage. And I remember seeing him, you know, doing this whole 3D routine and not even having a clue as to what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah. Well, all I knew is I wanted to do that. I was like, I can't even believe that's possible. I don't know what's going on here, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I did a little more investigation. I found Heli Freak, found out about simulators, and by May of 2010, I had bought a Phoenix simulator and a T-Rex 500 ESP super combo. That was it, man. I was hooked. You know, it was just everything about it drew me in the perplexing craziness of looking at like all of this stuff that I had no idea what it did or how to put it together. And (laughs) I was like, God, I hope I can understand this manual and get it together, you know, and the guys at my local hobby shop are really cool. They said, you know, if you have any trouble, you know, might take you a week or two to figure it out, you know, come back, we'll help you out. And, uh, boy, I got home and ripped the box open and stayed up. I, was probably up for 18 hours straight just <laughs> yeah screwing everything in and i remember they said loctite number one thing so i was locked <laughs> yeah. like way like loctite dripping out of the frames literally there's no <laughs> way i'm gonna get these out ever again but i don't care <laughs> right <laughs> and so the next day you know it's like five in the afternoon i come walking back into the hobby shop and i'm like all right here it is I don't know how to plug any of the servos in. I don't know how to program this. Can you guys help me out? So they were really cool, and they helped me, you know, hook everything up and kind of set it up for me. And uh, one of the guys, you know, took it out back and hovered it, made sure it was all good, and uh, sent me home with it. So I went home and took it in my backyard. I, You know, I flew the sim a little bit. As I was assembling it, I'd take a break here and there and, fool around on the sim all right i gotta learn how to hover and so i figured all right i'm ready to hover this thing and i spooled that thing up man i have never been more scared of anything in my life Uh, yeah it was like looking face down at a lawnmower going you know like just like oh oh i remember that (laughs) right well yeah Mm -hmm. so i got it up you know about 20 feet and it kind of starts drifting over my neighbor's wall and i'm thinking i don't want to dump it in their backyard and hurt somebody i bring it back over and Boom, knock it against the side of my house, hit the shingles, bounced off the roof, 
and ripped off my brother's side view mirror of his car that was parked in the backyard. Oh no! <laughs> On the maiden. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I was a great maiden. Oh man, I was so scared. I was like, God. I'm sure so Dude, many, can... there's so many people in the hobby that can relate got, to that. that. Yeah, I mean, they they got initiated in some other some fashion like that. You know, the the feeling of you know just not knowing what you got yourself into that that you're talking about being scared and just some obnoxious things happening and stuff yeah that's right <laughs> and i just yeah immediately was like this is the greatest thing ever <laughs> yeah that was so cool even though i just broke a bunch of stuff <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> I had that crash i hadn't when i bought the helicopter really thought about crashing it and breaking it and paying for it again so i had to wait a little bit so i was kind of but i had my simulator so i kind of stuck to that for a while afterwards but now i kind of want to delve a little bit deeper into your story because it's always fun to hear how people get into the hobby but some of us me included rob included we have a why there was a reason why we we got into this hobby and it wasn't necessarily sometimes the whys are pretty deep and there's a lot of meaning behind the why we get into a hobby. Right. And your your story is quite amazing, and I'm going to go ahead and let you tell it. But and you know, because I want you to say what you're comfortable saying, and I don't want to try to probe anything out of you that you're not comfortable talking about. But at the same time, I kind of want our listeners to understand that you know th there comes a time in a person's life when they need something, and it happened to me. It happened to Rob. And it happened to you, but we want to hear your story. We want to hear what happened to you that you needed RC helicopters. Right. Uh, well, no, you're exactly right. I, that's that's kind of the the thing, the the theme almost in my life that I've noticed is that every now and then I get to a point in my life where I meet somebody else who's gotten to a point in their life where they say, "Wow, looking back." I can't believe things worked out the way they did. Why, you know, the way things work out. And, yeah. and for me, it's no, it's, it has been no different. Um, my story kind of goes back a little bit. I basically, I've, I've grown up basically with two passions in my life. And that was skateboarding and playing music. I've been playing guitar since I was a little kid and skateboarding since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, didn't really care to grow up. I, I kept doing them. I, I They were absolutely my escape for everything. It was my inspiration for everything. So I spent a lot of time skateboarding, like I was saying. Um, I think it was in either 99 or 2000 that um, I had a pretty nasty spill, nothing too major, but I fell pretty hard off my skateboard and fell on the ground. And when I got back up I got really really dizzy and and disoriented and my heart down started pounding through my chest like really really fast rapid heart rate and I didn't know what was going on I was with a good friend of mine at the time and all I knew is I needed to get home and he took me home well this it was kind of like I guess I could explain it like heart palpitations something like that well that lasted for a few hours and I got dizzy I kind of blacked out a little bit and just it was a really like terrifying scary experience but me i hated doctors and hospitals so i didn't really bother saying much to my family i just kind of laid in bed and tried to wait for it to pass and uh 
over the next few years, I noticed I kept having this reoccurring thing happen where I would get real dizzy and my heart would start going like crazy. Eventually, I went to a hospital after one of these episodes. It would happen just tripping and falling on the ground while I'm skating, you know, nothing big. And I would get to the hospital, but by the time I'd get there, the episode would go away. And the doctors would look at me and say, well, you look fine. Your stat, your vitals are all normal, and they'd send me home. About 2006, so about six years later, I ended up falling down, skateboarding, and dislocating my shoulder and couldn't get it back in socket, so got rushed to the emergency room. At the same time, my heart's doing this thing again. And they come back and they say, well, your vitals are going all over the place, and we have a specialist here to talk to you. And so this doctor comes in and tells me, um, basically, you're showing symptoms of a disease. It's called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. And he said, it's something that you're born with. It's genetic. And, you know, basically the way he explained it to me was, you know, the human heart has two electrical signals. Normally, he said, yours has a third one. He says, for whatever reason, when you fell down, this third signal got activated. He said, the problem is if that third signal ever fires with the other two at the same time, he said, basically, your heart short circuits and you die. So he says, this is a serious thing. We need to refer you to a specialist right away. So I got set up with that kind of deal. Well, the specialist that I saw said, look, uh, and this was 2006, I'm 24 at the time. He says, you know, generally we try to catch something like this. He says, it's very uncommon, but we want to catch it when you're usually in your younger years. And yeah. he says, there's different, you know, severity levels or types to this disease he says you happen to fall into into the area that's the most severe and he looks at me and he goes honestly he goes i've had about a dozen or so patients that have had you know the severity of heart condition he said they usually don't make it past 30 and i was like whoa and he goes well but the good news is is that it's completely curable and so Kind of got a sigh of relief from that. He goes, but you're going to need to, you know, find a way to get funding to get it paid or paid for. I didn't have insurance at the time. Yeah. And so I said, all right, well, whatever I need to do. And I signed up and applied for the insurance. A few weeks later, I got a phone call and he says, well, unfortunately, they didn't approve you. You know, we want to try it again. So I spent another three years or so just applying over and over trying to get this thing paid for and just getting denied back and forth, back and forth. And finally, it just seemed like, man, this is never going to happen. I mean, this thing that can be, you know, cured so easily if it's just paid for. And I, I pretty much gave up at that point. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't know where else to turn. You know, I thought, man, this is it. I'm be 28 29 30 hmm. you know what else am i gonna do so there was a period in my life that i just completely shut off you know i shut off from friends from family and i thought i don't know what else to do i'm pretty much giving up at this point you know i'd quit skateboarding quit playing guitar i had nothing you know yeah and uh but luckily for me, around that time, it's funny to, to 
to think back on it now, but that's when I stumble into this hobby shop and I get this helicopter and I'm flying this helicopter and I'm getting all stoked on that, you know? And then I start meeting friends, you know, here on Heli Freak and on the Phoenix uh, simulator. And I don't know, it was almost, it was kind of like the colors in my life went from, you know, gray to a full rainbow, like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You all right? No, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. You know, um, it, it's just weird how that works out. And, uh, you know, my situation, I talked to, as I was talking to you a little a bit earlier, is kind of similar um, in that I have was dealing with a, congenital issue and I injured myself at work and and the congenital issue came to the forefront and it was the same deal you know I had doctors telling me that um, you know we don't see you making it much past 45 at that point you, you just like you know and I was 38 I think when I 37 right and uh, and I was like you know I kind of, I completely get it because I, there's this, you get to this point in your life that, you know, you just shut down completely. There's really nothing, you know, and, and that's kind of the, the beauty of this hobby because it, 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 uh, you know, there's so, there's so much more to this hobby than becoming a SmackDown 3D pilot. And it's a shame some people don't understand that because what this hobby brings is a reason to look forward to next week, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. A reason to look forward to that next build. And, you know, that's here in Montana, I'm so isolated. And that's that's the whole reason that the podcast idea even be, came to be, is I needed an outlet to talk about helicopters. I just needed to find the right people to do it with. And luckily I found that person in Rob. And then... You know, you get into the, you just it, just, it just grabs you away from that, that, that dark part in your life that just, I don't know how to, how to say it. Cause all of a sudden you just have, there's just something, there, there's something that you can do that's, it's proactive. It gets your mind off whatever it is you're going through. And it, it really allows you to focus on, on, on a hobby that is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I felt like yeah, just like you were describing it. It it was like there was a door that I'm looking at where it's like, man, you know, life can be better than this. Yeah, you know, it just felt like something was holding that door shut, and I never, I never had, a, you know, I'm trying to think of how to to word it, the, the feeling that I could open that door and like go back to the other side, like where yeah. life's good. Yep. Where there's something I'm looking forward to, where there, where there's any, anything's possible, you know that kind of thing. And then it just so happens, and I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know walking into a hobby shop, buying a Blade CX2. That now looking back, almost two years later, I really look at it like this hobby has saved my life. You know, as as corny or as cheesy as it may sound to some, for me, it's my absolute reality. It is yeah. absolutely, and it's not just the flying and the building. Man, that stuff is so great, and I love it. But the people that I've met 
and talk to, I have formed, I have formed lifelong relationships. I formed lifelong relationships with people on Phoenix Flight Simulator that I've never even talked to personally. Like just chatting in a in a chat window. I have, I actually have a kind of a funny story about that. Uh, a few months ago, I hop on the simulator, and the day or earlier in that day, I had been flying, but my swashplate bearing goes out. And I luckily, I auto my heli to the ground. It's making all kinds of crazy noises. And a buddy of mine, a really good friend, who, again, I've never talked to before, is like, hey, how's your day going? I was like, oh, pretty good, you know, having a few heli troubles, nothing big. He's like, oh, what happened? I go, oh, well, my swash bearing's out. He goes, what, didn't you just get that? And I'm like, yeah. Well, no big deal. A couple weeks, I'll get a new one. He's like, well, hey, what's your address? I was like, what? He's like, yeah, what's your address? I'll send you one. He's like, I have a brand new one. I haven't even used it yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, these are the kind of people that are in this hobby, you know, like the people that reach out to you like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sent me that thing. And, you know, a few weeks later, I was able to help him out because I had something that he could use. And it's just like, that's it, man. That's it right there. How often do you run into that kind of willingness to just help out somebody who's in need of something you know you don't see that a lot these days you don't yeah there's not that many other i guess you could say clicks if you want you know where where you see that kind of a thing you know it's right worse i i i don't know you know i think you know rc modelers and stuff they all all of us are all in one kind of a bucket when it comes to what kind of an outlet we choose you know for uh enjoyment you know whether it's cars or planes or helicopters or whatever and um but I think helicopter pilots is it, there's there's something different about them, you know that uh, uh, you can't quite put your finger on it, right? But um, what you're describing, Seth, you know, I've experienced the same thing. You know, um, part of how I got why I wanted to get into the hobby, I had the same kind of uh, how do I explain it? Uh, important, um, very uh, integral parts of my lifestyle uh, that I changed and and, and in RC helicopters took the place of it. Right. Um, and you know, to see that kind of camaraderie that happens, you know, um, I've done it myself, you know, I paid it forward plenty of times and I know a lot of other people have done that for Mm me. Um, and it, I've, I've never ran into that in any other circle of life that I've been in before. Um, so I, I think it's, uh, it's a, it's a bonus for sure. It's a, it's a good plus for, for, for this, this world that we're in this circle that we're in. I think it's cool. Yeah, and you know, I gotta, I gotta comment on that. I love that aspect of the hobby, and I love to do that. And the reason I love to do that is because I want my buddies to to fly. And if I've got something that they need that I'm not using, I want to give it to them because I want them to fly. Yep. You know, and it's it's just it's not it's just stuff. You know, it's just stuff. It doesn't. There's no. I mean, there's a monetary value to it, but that's that's really not that important in the grand scheme of things. Um, I got a buddy here locally who who loves to fly helicopters, and I gave him a, a, a screaming good deal on a 550. I mean, I mean, just you would never or a 500, you would never even ever be able to pick one up. But the point, the point, the whole point of it was, I wanted him to fly. I wanted him to get into that helicopter because I knew that it he had the ability to 
to go further with his you know with his flying abilities to to push it with a with a bigger helicopter and and that's that's for me what it was all about right and it's and it's just um you see it on the forums all the time you know somebody runs yeah. into a hardship um i i remember that i can't remember his name but that heli freak user his house burnt down do yeah. you guys remember that? Yep, I remember. Yeah, that. I heard about that. And and the the membership of Helifreak just didn't even probably never even talked to this guy, right? And they're just making sure that he's got helicopters to fly during this incredibly rough time in his life. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It just it truly is exactly. amazing. That's what you said. That's the greatest thing, you know. On top of the fact that we have like uh, Rob and I were talking about earlier, how it, it's before I got in helicopters, when I was a little kid, a guy kind of explained it to me. He, this was like 15 years ago. Said, so, you know, if you could fly an RC helicopter, man, it's the craziest. You could fly and you can do anything with RC, and I, that stuck with me forever since I was a little kid. That's a powerful thing. Like we have a amazing hobby. It, it's it's so technical and complicated. I love wrenching as much as I love flying. Man, that's oh, just yeah. like the icing on the cake compared to what I've received from this hobby through the outreach of just kind words of people, people willing to help, you know what I mean? But there's all – and like you guys have been talking about, the aspect of helping people. Somebody needs something. Somebody asks for advice. It's like all of that combined, it's to me, there's no better lifestyle. I don't. It's not even a hobby as far as I'm concerned anymore. It's definitely a lifestyle because it's a daily thing. Yeah. It's a thought process, and it includes everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also wanted to to say to Seth, uh, you mentioned the you you believe that the helicopters, RC helicopters in particular, saved your life, and I, I and you also kind of preface that with call it cheesy, if you will. But I'm going to tell you, right. there's absolutely nothing cheesy about it, and I'm going to and I, I feel the same way. Uh, I was coming home from a doctor's appointment, and while I was at that doctor's appointment, I was in just such an incredible funk. The doctor just said, you've got to do something because what you're doing is making yourself even more sick. And on the way home, I, that's when I thought, you know what? It's 35-mile drive. I, I'm, I'm going to buy a helicopter. I got home, started doing some research, found a heli freak, found the classifieds, and I bought a Vibe 50. And the rest is history. And uh, I, too, believe that helicopters saved my life in the sense that it it allowed me to honestly look forward to the future. Yeah. Whereas whereas before that, before that, I I wasn't looking forward to the future because the future was pretty bleak. It's just it's just the way it is. And um, some people, they get into the hobby and um, for their own particular reasons. And some of us get into the hobby for deeper reasons. Yeah. Almost like a form of therapy. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. For sure. But, Definitely. you know, there's a positive side to every story. And the positive side to the story, you know, I, as I told you earlier, Seth, everybody's story is relative. Your your story is relative to you. My story is relative to me. Rob is to him. And it's there's no worse or better story. But what what's good about it is the positive side of it is it, it, it all ends up good because we're in the hobby. We're enjoying completely what we're doing. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the bottom line. That's I'm in no hurry to become a SmackDown 3D pilot, and if it never happens, I'm not going to be discouraged by that. 
I'll just be happy if I can hover my helicopters and watch them fly. You know, that's all that matters to me. Oh, I'm exactly the same. You know, we kind of got off on, you know, the reasons we got into the hobby and whatnot, but uh, we're, why don't you go ahead and tell us um, the outcome of, of your situation? You know, you found the helicopters and and um, you found some hope. <laughs> I was going to say my <laughs> the color of my life turned from monochrome to colorful, and then I was like, What's that word again? <laughs> rainbow? Yeah. <laughs> I have a Hello Kitty rainbow sticker on my bumper. Yeah. <laughs> no. Funny. Absolutely. Um, basically, it from where I was and giving up to what I had found and, um, you know, really being inspired by it, I, I kind of – it occurred to me one day to why don't you try again? Why don't you – seek out trying to get this surgery paid for again and i did i actually i got turned down once again uh for financial aid to get it done and applied again and it went through nice. and you know it was a long time in the making um like i said it was it was a condition that was very serious um life-threatening but curable um mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate for that. I'm very thankful for that. And I was able to get that procedure done. I had that done last December, so a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't realize how messed up my heart was until I had the procedure done. And for the first time in my life, I've had a normal heartbeat. Like, I feel different. It's kind of weird, but it's been a really good experience. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a great it's, story to be. You know, I'm yeah. very grateful for that. It, you know, there's so many lessons to be learned, and I'm really bad at learning lessons. I'm really bad. <laughs> kind of guy, like you know, that might have to suffer through it once or twice before I kind of get the silver lining that's supposed uh-huh. to be there. But yeah, I'm grateful for it. You know, you know, I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to meet and talk to other people, and I've met man. There, you, you wouldn't believe how many other people out there that I've talked to have just something. It's everybody's so different, but there's so many people that are like, yeah, this is like more than a hobby to me too. Exactly. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. I like feel like it helped me here. It helped me there. And it's like, I don't know. It's almost like the heli gods, man, with as many mm-hmm. times as I've spooled up my heli and had my canopy ripped off and shatter my blades. <laughs> the heli yeah. gods are so kind, man. That's right. <laughs> Pay your penance, though, and they'll, they'll yeah. turn around and get back to you. You All know, right. it's Every funny. Jump them into the ground. Yeah. You know, there's – and I would suspect it wouldn't be uncommon if we had a, a room full of people. And right now, if we had ten people in this conversation, we would hear similar type stories. And I think – the similarities in the three of us is just a little eerie. I mean, if you think about it, Rob, he uh, played played music. He was into music. You were into music. I yeah. was a guitar player. I was in a band for quite some time. Um, you know, life lessons, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for all three of us, were a little bit <laughs> ignored maybe at times, you know, and it, it all just kind of comes full circle at some point and here we are and you know it's it's just a good feeling so you know Seth your story is really inspiring and, and I hope that our listeners uh, got something out of it and you know 
I think it's a, I think it's nice to really identify what the hobby means to you. Is it just something you do, or is it something you are? You know. Yeah. And sometimes it's just nice to reflect, reflect on that. You know, listening to your story, it just reminded me of, it reminded me of that um, first time I saw my Vibe 50 spool up. You know, I was with a Heli Freak user, Jason J, and he was spooling it up, and I just remember thinking, as its blades are going faster and faster and faster, I'm thinking, holy shit! I mean, I was just like, oh my god, is it ever going to stop spinning? And finally, this thing is in the, I see this thing lift up in the air. He's flying it at this point because I wanted to make sure it was good. And it's like, I built that thing and look at it. Look at it flying right now. It was just, it was in a tremendous feeling. And then uh, it wasn't too long after that, a week or so later, I I used to go flying down at the church parking lot and I would bring a buddy with me. And um, I I would just end up doing some short hops, like hover for 15 seconds and bring it back down because I wasn't, I would get uncomfortable. And I remember the first time I hovered it for a full tank of gas and I landed it and I looked over at him and I said, holy shit, I just flew that thing. I was flying that helicopter. Yeah. Sometimes we forget yeah. those experiences. You know, we forget them and we shouldn't. No, man. Yeah, that's that's the good stuff, man. That, you know, and, and those types of things are the reason why um, I got into this hobby in the first place because it's so fulfilling. You know, it's rewarding. You know, and I know, you know, you know, uh, by all rights, I'm no, uh, I'm no pro pilot. None of us are. You know, we're we're good at flying. You know, in the, I guess the you know the facets that we like to fly in. You know, that kind of thing. You know, but it's it's that, I don't know that feeling you get in your gut and stuff like that when you uh, you have that sense of accomplishment. You know, and um, that's that's what keeps you know keeps me coming back to it all the time you know because like you were saying earlier uh seth you were saying it's uh it's you know it's a really complicated hobby it's confusing sometimes um it's very difficult you know to learn it requires discipline it requires a sense of adventure and it you know it releases adrenaline while you're doing it you know and all of these things i mean i I can't think of that many other extracurricular activities you could do that would have that type of combination of feelings that a person can have as, as something like this, you know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people that fly helicopters are, are probably, I'm just going to say it more on the geeky side or analytical or technical side or something like that. You know, they use that side of their brain or whatever, but, um, I couldn't think of anything better to do with my time, you know, uh, to get a good reward out of it. I know the things that I was doing with my spare time before I got into this hobby, all I know is if I was still doing those things, I'd probably be dead right now. So, I'm, yeah. you know. It's seriously like wiring a computer together while you're skydiving and making friends while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense to me, but, you know, what else is out there that's like this? It's, yeah. it is, it's really great. Hi, guys. This is JC Zankel with Team Empire coming to you from RC Heli Nation. You know, Christmas just happened, and yes. a lot of guys and gals got their hands on their very first helicopter. And I know, just for me personally, I've ran into uh, three people uh, here locally just in the last few weeks that are completely new to helicopters. They they got their hands on some obscure brand, whether it was a a blade or something, and and they're trying to make a go of it, and they're running into some frustrations. 
So I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what, uh, for these guys, what can we tell them? What kind of advice can we give them? You know, I mean, my advice is a little bit different than what I think you guys are going to say, because I kind of come from a different uh, viewpoint. My viewpoint on starting helicopters is really get the biggest helicopter you can afford. And, and I'm, I remember I read somewhere, Burt Cameron gave some advice on a starting helicopter, a Nitro 50 and a case of fuel. Yeah. Um, I started on a Nitro 50. I found it to be so much easier to get going, although be it quite a bit more expensive. And a lot of people just just don't want to go down that route. I did, and you know I spent a ton of money right up front. But I I feel it brought me into the hobby quicker because now I mess around with these. I do have a few of these entry well quote unquote entry level machines. I you know MCPX, MSR, those kind of things. And I find those things to be so fiddly and without a little bit of experience, hard to fly. What, what do you guys think about those machines? I started on a 4.3, dude. It was hard as hell. Yeah? Yeah. I ha- oh, yeah, man. I don't know, man. My first helicopter was the Wakara 4.3 back when it was a version 1. Um, and that thing's been through all kinds of revisions. If For you listeners out there that uh, follow the Wakara line, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so you could imagine what it was like to try and start – learning how to hover a helicopter with something shorter than your forearm, you know. Um, and this thing was, like, on fast-forward all the time, you know. And it didn't have any, you know, it had a 90-degree fly bar, so there was none of that inherent uh, cyclic stability you get, like, out of the MSR. Um, there was no, uh, no, you know, three-axis, this or that. Really, I think but when I first got into it um, – Fly barless really wasn't even a big deal yet. You know, Mikado, I think, had their V-bar version 2 or something crazy like that, you know, and that was really all that was out there. But So, yeah, it was hard as heck to learn, Dan. Um, I, I must have crashed, I don't know how many times, but um, and I, I must have sank enough money into that thing to buy it over probably two or three times, you know what I mean? But I tell you what, though, man, I, I had the best fun doing that, you know, Um Kind of the, kind of like the stuff we were talking about earlier. I mean, it was fiddly, it was frustrating, but you know when I would. And this is my advice for you know somebody that's new is, you know, first you have to come to the realization that you will crash. You are going to crash. There's no ifs ands yep. or buts about it. There's no way to get around that happening. There isn't anybody on this planet that owns an RC helicopter that hasn't crashed once, right? So it's going to happen. So just better it be you crashing trying to learn something new than you crashing because you're worried about how much it's going to cost if you crash this thing and then you're nervous and you dump thumb it. But, you know, I think, you know, for me, repairing the helicopter, you know, uh, Seth, you had mentioned before, too, that uh, you love wrenching on the birds, too. And I think that that's part of this that that breed of people or whatever that. You know, if if a person's willing to stick with helicopters, you'll know that because that person's willing to sit there and take the time to fix that thing that he just broke, right? Instead of just throw it away and walk away from it or get somebody else to do it for him. And no, so, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny because I wasn't that type of person at all. I mean, I was impatient, hated to read. Like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't something interesting to read that I was gonna I don't know. I I hated it. I at first I looked at it like this is a giant mess, <laughs> yeah. and 
I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned was patience because oh, yeah. it went from, you know, I was like, I don't know, the video game YouTube generation type, you know, just if it's not on video, which thankfully there's a lot of helicopter repair videos out there. But I, I had to do some reading. I had to do some searching. If you're willing to do that, you're going to go through some pains in the beginning, but you, it starts to make sense. That's why I like building now because after you start learning enough to where, all right, I can get my helicopter fixed, then now you're just you're, you start learning more about tuning, about whatever, parts, electronics, that kind of thing. But for a beginner, you know, I, I talk to people sometimes, especially, you know, right now being after Christmas, there's a lot of new guys out on the Phoenix Flight Simulator that come online and, and say, you know, hey, I got this new helicopter, uh, don't know what to do with it. Anybody have suggestions? And it's like, all right, you know, so you start from the beginning. Well, what are you into? Kind yeah, of, you know, yeah. What kind of things do you like? Well, you know, I'm really into computer repair, that kind of thing. Well, okay, you're a technical person. Those people get it. And those are the people that I tended to leech to when I first got into the hobby. It was like, <laughs> you know your stuff. All right, please help me. Does the red wire go to the black or does it go to the red, you know? <laughs> so you find out a little bit about the person, what kind of things are they into. I've talked to people that have said, you know, you know, I'm really technically oriented when it comes to wiring things, and I've got that down, but the control stuff's bugging me. You know, so you work with people that way. Um, man, I started out with the coax, and that was the best because I could basically just hover it in my living room and, like, have time to think. If I had it nose in, it was like, okay, left is right, right is left. So <laughs> for somebody yeah. who may not be really, you know, inclined to directional stuff and that kind of thing, you know, maybe a coaxial is more of your deal. For other people, it's, no, I already know what I want. I know how it works or... I came from yeah. airplanes. I know how it works. So right, I think I think yeah. one of the biggest bits of advice that I would give these guys that just got these helis and these gals, I, I think what I would do, depending upon what machine you got, ditch the radio that it came with and invest in a decent radio right off the bat. Oh that's yeah, that's gonna that's gonna yeah. help you so much. And then, you know, you brought up a good point, Seth. Um, something that I kind of forget to mention to people is to hit up YouTube, basically just type the question in YouTube search, exactly how it is in your head, and something will come up. You know, uh, exactly. you'll, find you'll find a video. Uh, you may have to do some searching, but you're going to find a video that answers that question in some way, shape, or form. And I forget to say that to people all the time. I tend, when I'm, when new, when people come up to me that have just got a helicopter, it happened just this last week. A guy came in with a Blade SR and, um, this thing was just, oh my gosh, was it just mm -hmm. in bad, it was in horrible shape. I mean, it, every, every servo was going the wrong way and none of the controls were, we finally got it all, got all the controls right. And, and I really felt for the guy because, you know, he went to the local hobby shop he picked up this helicopter based on their recommendation. As soon as they bought it, that's when the service stopped. Yeah. He goes home. He goes home, and you know he pulls it out of the box, and it says it says right on the box, "Heck, it's ready to fly." So I should just be able to plug it in and fly, right? Well, that's really not the case. Um, for me, it's tough to tell people where to start because I'm really, uh, you know, I started I started on the more expensive route, 
uh, and I, it really worked for me. But I was fortunate enough that I could start on the more expensive route. And I realized that a lot of people can't do that. There's so many options out there available to people. It's hard to say which is the quality option. Right now, if I were to give somebody advice on a helicopter, I would say buy an MCPX and fly it over the grass and learn how to use throttle hold. Oh, sure, yeah. These, these days, you definitely would, would be able to get away with doing something like that. I mean, times are changing. I, I know at at one point it was, I think, fairly commonplace to put people on a trainer uh, like 60, 50, 60 size bird or something like that, right? Because, you know, at that time, there really wasn't anything reliable, it, it, you know, under a 500 size helicopter or anything like that. But these days, with the advent of, you know, new electronics and stuff like that, some of the stuff that the E-Flight's uh, been doing lately, like, for instance, the MCPX, you know, it's so small it's this about the same size as that 4.3 that I talked about that I started on, but the technology behind it is so much better that it would the learning curve would have been way different if I had started with that now versus starting with what I started with back when I first started, you know. And so mm-hmm. um, the landscape yeah. is so different in the hobby today versus, you know, even just two, three years ago. You know, I've only you know, about three years. So, And that's, that's another good point, Rob, because, see, when you and I started and when Seth started – it was it was kind of a different ball game at that point because you really your options were kind of limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you either had you either bought a decent machine that was pr- fairly expensive. Let's let's face it. When you first get into this hobby, when, when we're in this hobby for a year or two, we realize that two thousand dollars on a machine is <laughs> is not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of money, but really, when you, when you come right down to it. You know, fifteen hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars, up to two thousand. That's what you're going to pay. But when you when you're first looking to get into this hobby, and someone tells you that, you're like, excuse me. Yeah, right. I don't think so. Exactly. Give, yeah, your perception of money changes very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Give me another option is what 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 you're going to be hearing. And and um, for those of you who just picked up a machine are just getting into the hobby. You know, the only thing I could tell you is just be careful of what they try to sell you at the hobby shop. If you can find a group of people in your area that are flying, try to get what they're flying. It may not be the best machine, but if there are four or five people in your area that are flying that machine, there are four or five people in that area that can give you specific advice that gets you in the air with that machine. Um, Don't be, yeah, don't be too picky because once you gain the experience after a year or two, then you can go. Well, you know, I'd like to go try a miniature aircraft, or I'd like to go. Heck, I'm going to buy a Goblin. That'll come with time. Uh, you know, get a good get a good radio. Find people in your area. Use YouTube. Use the finless videos. I can't even tell you. I bet you I've watched every finless video made five times. Yeah, and I'm probably. Not even, yeah. not even exaggerate. When I first started this hobby, I literally would just spend the whole night watching finless videos build videos, set up videos, just so I could learn, you know, from somebody that knew what they were talking about. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, and and I think that, you know, it's it's great that this hobby has resources like that available. I mean, I know um, when I started getting into the bigger birds and I had been in the hobby for, oh, it was almost, uh, almost two years. And then I got my first Castle Creation speed controller. 
uh, it was a HV85 that I picked up used on Heli Freak, and I didn't know how to use it, you know, how to do the programming and stuff. So I went and found a Finless Bob uh, video about how to program the Phoenix HV85, and I followed it and programmed my HV85, and it worked. And, you know, and I wasn't even a, a quote-unquote newbie at the time, you know, so I just, you know, it's it's great that there's resources like that available. I wouldn't have been, you know, I could have done it on my own, but, you know, it's it's nice to use the, that media that it's there available so yeah and and it's there you might as well use it um one impression i got from a guy i was trying to help um this past week is he was pretty determined to just figure it out you know hard knock style yeah <laughs> and you know more power to him if that's what he wanted to do um but i found he was really resistant to uh, advice and um you know if you are new and you're looking for advice. If you go to somebody and ask for advice, take their advice. <laughs> yeah, know? right. Take it. Uh, if someone spends an hour working on your machine, don't show up the next day with all of that stuff removed or changed. Take it, try it, adjust it, listen to it, filter it, absorb what you feel you need to, and let the rest go, however, however it works for you. But the biggest thing for those of you who are new and just got machines this Christmas just stick with it. You know, if you got anything from Seth's story, that that could be you. I mean, a year from now, you'll be looking back and you'll be thinking, man, I don't, I don't know why. I remember just struggling so hard to keep this thing hovering for 10 seconds. Pretty soon, you know, you're going to be flying circuits and the hovering is just going to be a natural, uh, it's just going to be a complete natural action. You're not even going to think about it. Uh, that's what you can look, that's what you have to look forward to if you stick to it. Shibby. Shibby. Don't be afraid, though. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I'm going to tell you, I had already built and crashed my helicopter probably three times before I really knew what cyclic meant. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> pitch, pitch curve? I didn't know what that meant. Pitch curve? Is that a baseball team? Like, what are you guys talking about over here? Uh, right. I, I had no idea. Collective management? People kept saying that to me. I'd be flying on the sim all over the place. Yeah, I just, you know, you need to work on your collective management. And for a little while, I didn't ask. Yeah, And yeah. then when I did, they were like, oh, it's, you know, the left stick up and down. You know, you need to control, you know, slight movement. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay, holy cow. Like, yeah. that's why people keep saying, I just keep seeing it flashing in the chat window on Phoenix Online. Collective yeah, yeah. management. Collective management. <laughs> you know, another thing, too, along those lines is on the forums. You know, you you've always heard, well, I've always heard anyway. You know, the the silly question is the one that's not asked. And I know sometimes you'll see people asking questions on the internet on the forums, and they will just get roasted. You know, uh, my advice to you on there is just ignore those people. I mean, you, you'll you'll ask if you have a serious question, uh, you come to Heli Freak. I know that the search function on Heli Freak is horrible. I don't know if you guys have tried to use it. But it's horrible. It's kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, just ask it. Just post it up there. You know, it may take a few responses before you get the people that are just, for whatever reason, people do that online. I don't know. But eventually somebody's going to come along, and they're going to give you the advice you're looking for. So just be persistent with that. PM, you know, you can read to the forums, and you can see who is level-headed, who's giving honest advice 
just PM those people. You know, use those resources too. Ask direct questions. Go to the forums, specific machine forums that you're flying. Ask those questions there. You'll find that in those specific forums, people are dying to answer your question in a legitimate fashion. Yeah. You know, they, you, know you go to like the Gawi forum. I don't know that you could ask a question there that people wouldn't take seriously if it had to do with the helicopter. Yeah. You know, you, you go to the blade forum, same thing. So, you know, you just got to utilize those and don't be afraid to ask them and ignore the people that for some reason feel like they never started. They, they just bought a helicopter and knew everything for day one. Cause there are people out there like that. Trust me. I'll just remember to have fun and forget about the wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yep. think yeah, about the I don't even know what American currency is worth anymore because <laughs> if I have it, it's going into my helicopter. That's all I know. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the main, the bottom line and kind of the theme of this whole show is you just got to have fun with it and, it and enjoy the hobby for what it is. It has dividends. It'll pay back. Absolutely. Tenfold. Spe- yes. Speaking of, uh, you know, one thing I forgot to mention, Rob, some, something I've been doing this past week. I uh, I uh, picked up a new game called Saints Row Three. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard of that game. Yeah, ooh, cool. Yeah, this game is a little addictive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys out there play it, but it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, except uh, a lot better, I think. Yeah, anyway. cool. Yeah, I like. I I really like. I got the whole franchise Grand Theft Auto, so I'd probably dig that game. I should check it out. Yeah, I got Grand. I, I recently bought Grand Theft Auto here about two weeks ago and was playing it. And then the local store here ha- finally had Saints Row in stock, and I picked it up and have looked at Grand Theft Auto since. So huh. cool. now is that Xbox Live or are you still playing the game mode? Um, I haven't. I've got the. I haven't actually went live yet with it because I'm. I want to get the fundamentals down because I only got it like four or five days ago. So. Right. Uh, I'm still playing in easy mode, so to speak. But I'm kind of waiting. Rob's going to see if he can get a copy of the game, and maybe he and I can uh, get online and play together. Yeah. Do some co-op missions. Sounds like a lot of fun. But anyway, guys, I think it's about that time. Uh, Kind of winding down the show. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at DanKReed at MSN.com or DanKReed on any forum. Um. And if I wanted to get in touch with you, Rob, how would I uh, how would I do that? Well, what you'd want to do is you would want to go find a deaf person and get the deaf person's uh, translator to record a video of them with the little translator bubble person in the corner translating uh, the sign language, and then have an interpreter read that sign language and type it out on a stenographer. Once you have that, then you can mail it to me, and then I'll read it, and then I'll respond to you. Or, you know, what's probably easier is just to email me at rob at rchelionation.com. Um, you can catch me on Facebook or uh, hit my uh, front porch. Uh, we got a link to that off our uh, uh, website, and um, shoot me a line. Sounds good. Seth, if I wanted to get an email to you, how would I do that? Uh, let's see. Well, I was actually a little confused about Rob's method was that a deaf person's interpreter's interpretation I, of the deaf person? I, I, I'm thinking Rob doesn't even know. I'm thinking Rob doesn't even know. 
All right. I was just I was trying to send him a message, but uh, I've got a interpreter, and he has no idea how to read sign language. So we're all right. Yeah. yeah well, kind of kind of at a loss there, I guess. <laughs> Here, just email me. Just do that. If you want to get a hold of me, I'm on helifreak.com, um, just under Seth Killian. My last name is K-I-L-L-I-A-N. Uh, also on YouTube.com slash Kill Irish Red, one word. Otherwise, I'm on Phoenix all the time, hosting sessions or in sessions under my name, Seth Killian. So hope to see you new pilots out there. Cool. Sounds are good. So also, guys, Facebook, remember, uh, that's where you can interact with us quite often. Uh, I think we're pushing 700 likes, which is kind of cool. That is cool, man. You can also go to our uh, webpage, rchillynation.com. We do have the Nation Network there. And I noticed that we've been having quite a few um, active participants there. Someone posted up like 12 videos two nice. days ago. Good deal. Go check those out. I want to talk a little bit about a crazy, crazy giveaway. Now, Rob and I haven't worked out the details, but I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up on it because I think it's really awesome. Uh, we're giving away two kits. We're going to give away a 700, Chaos 700 from RC Aerodyne. And along with that, I am going to give away a 450 kit. Now, this kit is just one of those cheapy um, ones that, if you guys remember a few shows back, I talked about. I got three kits uh, from China for 20 bucks, That's so they're right. nothing nothing fancy, but nonetheless, it's still a 450 kit. It'll get somebody going. The details of those, how we're going to give those away, Rob and I need to work out yet, but I just kind of, I'm so excited about it, I wanted to mention it. So imagine you actually could win two kits. You could, yeah, because if you uh, if you win the first one, you could still be eligible to win the second one. So. That's true. If we do it the way we're planning on doing it, and we just need to work out some details, and I don't mean to tease you guys with it. I just wanted to let you know about it. Well, actually, yeah, I do mean to tease you with it. Yeah, you um, tease. <laughs> You're a tease. The, the point is, guys, it's an amazing giveaway, a uh, 700 airframe with blades, tail blades. Um, there's, it's not, it's not a, a combo that has the servos and everything, but still it's a 700 electric yep. flybar to helicopter and then a flybar 450. Which has everything you need except a receiver. That has even has a battery with it. So um, look forward to that. We will definitely have the details of that by next week. We'll let you know exactly what you need to do to win those machines. So look forward to that. You know, this has been a good show. It's kind of different from what we normally do. Um, kind of we went a little deeper than we normally go. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that. Uh, got something out of it more importantly and uh, you know what I sure hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we made making it and we will catch you next time see ya this has been a production of RC Heli Nation if you have any questions comments or suggestions please feel free to contact us on our page at www.rchelination.com and if you'd like to support our show by donating there's a donate now button right on our page mm-hmm.